Welcome, Welcome YouTube creators, to the Two Blabs podcast. Because you can't experiment enough or talk, or talk too, too much YouTube. YouTube. Welcome to the Two Blabs podcast. It is great to have you here. Another week, and I gotta ask you, did you listen to last week's show with Nick Nimmin? It really was a good show, and I'm extremely pleased with how well it has done. You know, usually I set a goal for how many downloads I want to see in one week. And guess what? This show met that goal on Tuesday. And there's a lot of good information in that show. Now, I know a lot of us have seen Nick's work regularly on YouTube. And if you're trying to grow a YouTube channel, well, then you probably have run across Nick Nimmin's work. And so it was obviously a good idea to invite him on the show. And he shared some excellent information with us, some of which I have been using and taking to heart. And it really kind of made a shift in my brain as I have been going after this whole idea of audience. And that's what we're talking about in this show. And it's such an important topic if you are really serious about growing your channel. And it very well may go in a direction that you're not expecting, at least some of the concepts. Now, before I get into the main topic of the show, let's go over a little bit of news just to keep you up to date. The first thing I want to talk about is COPPA. Of course, it's been a big topic. And if you don't know yet, it's in full force as far as YouTube is concerned. If you would like to know more about that, definitely check out some of the videos online related to that. There are a number of YouTube educators sharing good information. But the basic idea is this. You need to declare if your channel is targeting kids or children as an audience. Because the idea is that the federal government does not want YouTube to track their data to serve ads that are based on that data. Now, that doesn't mean they can't serve ads, just means they can't use their private data to serve those ads too. So this is all being hashed out. You need to check a button or a box on YouTube and let YouTube know if your entire channel is or is not designed for kids, children, young people under the age of 13. And you need to go through one by one if you have to, depending on the type of channel you have, maybe some of your videos are targeted more towards a younger audience and you might want to check that box. So these are some things you need to look out for and consider because now this is the time where there may be some people who will be made an example of if they're not following the rules. Recently, YouTube took down a bunch of cryptocurrency related channels. Now, they've said and admitted, at least it seems to be, that they made the wrong call on that. And but that's not the real story here. The fact is that there are a lot of areas in which YouTube could do something like that. This is my recommendation to you as that news started rolling out and I started thinking about it. This is what we need to make sure that we are doing, that we have copies of all of our videos. 
Now, no, if if YouTube takes down our channel, we're we're not going to get all of our comments and subscribers and views back. But at least we have our videos and we have them organized in a way in which we can upload them again somewhere else. But this is also another important point that I've brought up before is that you really should be developing an email list of the people giving offers, letting people know that uh, you want to contact them outside of YouTube. And it may not be another social media platform that they want to connect with you on. So getting emails is a great way to go, but also having social networks and developing them after you've established yourself on YouTube will also be of a benefit to get the word out if you need to recreate your channel, make changes, go to another platform, whatever it may be. It doesn't have to be over. It may very well be hard, but you can start again, but you have to be prepared. And that is the lesson from that. Always be prepared. You never know what could happen tomorrow. On a lighter note, here's something that I thought was rather interesting, and that is for the first time, YouTube will be considered, the consumption of YouTube music will be part of the calculations which will inform the Billboard 200 album chart. So they'll use the calculations. Obviously, I don't know all the details on that, but I thought that was interesting that now so many people are listening to music on YouTube that it's an important factor when trying to figure out which are the top albums and singles. Although I believe they're just using it for the albums at the moment, but this is all going to change over time as digital becomes more and more a core foundation of how we measure what's going on in the world, especially music. So let's talk about the advantage of understanding your audience. And I got to tell you, it's a lot tougher than you might think in some cases, especially. For some of us, it's really easy, and I'll explain that in a moment. It just seems logical. And for others, it's not so logical depending on the topics and the type of channel that you create. Now, I have a YouTube video that is coming out today, the same day this podcast is released, and I have an analogy that I'm using and have been working through and have been sharing. And I'm not sure I'm doing a good job of sharing that, but I am going to share it um, a little bit later in this podcast and maybe it'll help a few ideas click for you. But first, I want to really stress the importance of understanding audience. You know, there are a lot of wonderful YouTube educators out there. And it was interesting, uh, Nico Kaminsky uh, shared a comment about one of the last podcasts that uh, we released a couple of weeks ago in which I had snippets from our guests throughout the year. And he kind of marveled at the fact that every one of the guests had something different to share and add to the conversation. And is one of them right and is another one wrong? No, they're, they're, they're all right. They're all sharing something of importance. However, this is the thing. 
all of that information that the gurus of YouTube education, how to grow your channel, it's completely useless if you don't understand your audience. And why is that? It's because of the data that we are using to help improve our channel. Allow me to share an example I used in the video. Imagine you are creating some ads and you have a product and you create an ad for dog lovers. And then you create another ad for cat lovers and another ad for bird lovers. Now, each one of those ads is aimed at a different audience and you're going to get different results. And one ad may do better than the others. And it, let's say it's the dog ad does great. And so then you apply some of the stuff in the dog ad to the cat ad and the bird ad. It, it may not help because they're completely different audiences. And when we try to measure how people react to our videos, if they're all different topics or not aimed at the same audience, although it, maybe your channel is about one topic, such as automobiles, cars, well, there are many different audiences that like to watch videos about cars. And I'll expand on that thought in a moment. However, I think it's really important that we drill down to this basic fact. When you're looking at the data, it's important to understand that different audiences react differently. Different audiences like different length videos. Different audiences react to different types of thumbnails, different types of headlines, different types of hooks and intros. Different audiences are looking for different types and approaches to video. And so if you're looking at your analytics, if you're looking at which videos get the most views, it's important to understand that if the audience isn't really that pure, and of course, no data is 100% pure, especially something that's put out into the public. However, it certainly is lying to you at some level, and it certainly is not offering you the real story. So the more focused that channel is to a specific audience, the easier it is to make better decisions that will help grow your channel. So that is why I'm saying, yes, all of that great information even some of the stuff others are dismissing as not helpful. I mean, th there is always debate within the YouTube creator community, within the YouTube education community, in terms of what is more important of a factor than another. But there is nothing more important than understanding your audience. Because once you understand your audience, you don't have to chase audiences. And that's the problem. And believe me, I am certainly somebody who has done this, chased many audiences, something I'll explain more also in a few moments. You don't want to be chasing audiences. You want to define your audience and start building on that. And maybe through that process, you'll discover additional audiences that you can serve 
but start off with an audience in mind and build off of that. And once you do that, again, you're not chasing audiences. Your data is as pure as possible. And now, once you have that audience developing, you can start to listen to all of the great advice that the YouTube educators are offering you which can help maybe trigger the algorithm, which can help people enjoy your videos better or just help you make better quality videos for your audience. There are many things to pay attention to to create a successful YouTube video as well as a YouTube channel. As I mentioned, it's not always easy to understand or define your audience. Now, for some, it is very easy. For example, you may be a gaming channel and you have a specific game that you create. Well, in this situation, you understand who your audience is, people who like to play that game. Now, it can be defined even more, such as people who are trying to accomplish a certain thing in a game, or maybe there's a certain level they want to complete or a certain tool within a game that they want to learn how to master. I mean, there are many ways. Maybe there are variations of the game. You can define it even further in terms of that audience. But you do know one thing, that people enjoy that game. And if you create videos about other games, well, you're going to lose that audience most likely, unless that audience typically likes the other game too. Maybe they're related in some way. But if you have a general gaming channel, it's a lot harder. The key is, not only do you have to understand the audience, but you also need to understand how you're going to serve that audience. You need those first two steps. First the audience, then how are you going to serve the audience? Let's imagine you have an automotive channel. Now, there are a lot of topics related to automotive. You can talk about new cars. You can talk specifically racing. You can talk about how to fix a car or how to clean a car or how to drive a car. There are many different aspects to an automotive channel that you could go, many roads you could go down for an automotive channel. But to focus on one area and understand who the audience is a distinct advantage. Because you can work within search, for example, on your channel and depend on search, people searching for certain problems and solutions. And your automotive channel or any other type of channel can do that. And that's fine. However, if there are not any other videos in your catalog that they would be interested in watching, then it's just a one-off. And that is a poor signal to YouTube to keep showing more of your videos compared to somebody who watched one video after another video after another video. That tells YouTube that this person appreciates the channel as a whole, not just appreciates that one video. Now, that video could be doing really well for people searching And maybe people are searching for a solution and they looked on a different video and YouTube knows that they're searching for this solution based on the videos that they were looking at and may suggest your video. So you can get suggestive videos 
but it's still a one-off solving a problem or a specific topic that you're talking about, and you're not going to get a loyal following because the other videos in your catalog are not something of interest. So that's why you have to define that audience in a way that will help you create the videos, understanding how you're going to serve those people. So if you have an automotive channel, you can focus on automotive for mechanics or luxury drivers or race car drivers or race fans or Ford fans or General Motors fans. The point is, identify how the people watching the video identify themselves. Not just people looking for information, but how do those people specifically identify themselves? I'm a mechanic. I am a luxury car buyer. I am a car collector. I am a hobbyist who likes to tinker with Ford cars. That is very specific. This is how they're identifying themselves. And again, once you understand how they identify themselves, well, then you can create the videos that they'll want to watch next. This is why we quite often see people blow up on YouTube talking about YouTube. Obviously, people who want to grow a YouTube audience are on YouTube and they talk about different ways in which they can grow a channel. Now, obviously, skill and quality of those videos plays a part because it is a full space. There are a lot of people trying to create YouTube education videos and certainly the best rise to the top. But once they catch on, they do very well. Another one is Instagram. I've seen a number of people who have blown up a channel by doubling down on Instagram and Facebook. Something that people want to learn how to do or that there's an end game in a sense that they want. They want something out of it. They want to make a million dollars. They want to have their own business. They want to do something, complete something. There's a mission. Now I want to share that analogy that I've been sharing. And again, I'm, it sounds good in my head, but when I when I share it out loud, I'm not always sure it comes together. So I'd love to know your opinion. And maybe I should stop sharing it this way when it comes to growing a YouTube channel and understanding your audience. But give me a chance here and let, let's see if we can pull this together. So imagine you have a candy store and you have a general candy store and you have all types of candy. And you know what? If you have all types of candy at a candy store, you better have a really good location. Otherwise, for the most part, people can just go anywhere for that candy. However, if let's say you create a really good cherry candy, and it, it really is the best, and you put a sign out there that says, world's best cherry candy, and you know you start to get people coming in for that cherry candy. You say, wow, that worked pretty well. Okay, tomorrow I'm going to do the world's best lemon candy. Great. But, you know, not, not every one of those cherry connoisseurs are going to come in for the lemon. Maybe a couple, but most of them won't. And tomorrow you, you go for blueberry. And, wow, you know, you get a lot of people who are interested in this blueberry candy. But the thing is, these different audiences aren't interested necessarily in those different types of candy. The one is interested in the cherry, one's interested in lemon, the other one is interested in blueberry. 
And if you don't share that cherry candy for a while or have that special or present that in a way that people will want to come in because it's a special reason for them to come in, well, then they're going to start to fade away, especially if it takes a long time. And that is kind of how YouTube works. They show videos to people who have been to your channel recently or have recently watched your videos. So if you don't provide a video that interests them in a while, well, they're going to be shown other videos that YouTube feels they may be more interested in based on their watch history. So if you don't display that cherry candy for a while, maybe people will just start going to other sources for that cherry candy. Maybe they'll just stop driving by the store to see if you're offering that cherry candy again. Maybe they'll just forget about your store altogether. And it's the same with YouTube. That's why it's important to have a series of videos that will keep people watching. Now, the nice thing about YouTube is that there is a huge distribution channel connected to your little store. If you think of those candies as videos, you have a great opportunity. However, you need to prove that you have an audience for that candy before your distributor will send it out. Your distributor has a catalog, and we also refer to that as search. And if you have a candy, let's say you create a very special candy, and this special candy is blueberry mint bubblegum, which I think probably sounds horrible, but let's say that's the candy, and people seem to like it for some reason. Not only that, they just don't take one piece, but they binge, they take handfuls and shove it in their mouths. They love it, and you're proving that there is an audience for that flavor. You do it at home, and that's where your browse features and home screens and notifications are. These are the people who have recently watched a few of your videos. These are the people who will be informed that you have this wonderful flavor and maybe some variations moving on. In other words, your next candy, maybe it's blueberry, bubblegum, peppermint, or spearmint. In other words, a variation of that original flavor. And so they'll be notified and they're more likely to come back in for an additional handful. And the distributor sees that. And the nice thing is when it comes to the search, well, it very well may not be a highly competitive area, but the distributor, YouTube, will put it in their catalog. And of course, you'll be number one for a blueberry mint uh, bubblegum, which there's no competition for, but maybe they'll put it in the section for blueberry or mint. And over time, they start to promote it more and more and give it higher rankings in this catalog and search because it seems like more people really do like this candy based on these other characteristics, keywords, categories, whatever it may be. And not only that, they have an awesome distribution network, not just dependent on this catalog. They can actually recommend this candy to other outlets, to other places. And when they do that and they test it first, they see if, if they suggest this candy, pair it with another candy, people like it. 
And so they find the audience. And maybe people who love blueberry candy will also love the blueberry mint bubblegum. It just seems to work out, whatever that reason is. And they can send it out there and then all heck breaks loose and people start coming to your store and buying it through distribution and it starts to work out. That's how it works, except it has to start at your home store. You have to prove that there's an audience and when that distributor or YouTube sees the right signals that that audience finds this new flavor, your next flavor, a related flavor, is something that they come back for too, they know that there are enough signals that they can send that new flavor, which may be bubblegum strawberry mint, but there are enough signals that your home audience came in and ate it up and really liked it, and there are enough signals there that they can now start testing and distributing to the audiences that seem to have a track record that like your specialty candy or videos. So your channel is the store and you need to prove that your candy is worthy for distribution. And this kind of how click-through rate works. We know that click-through rate is really important. So let's say you have 100 regular customers and you have created this group of people who love the peppermint bubblegum mint. And then you release lemon candy, nothing related to the others. Now, maybe some of those hundred people, maybe two of them will come and try out the lemon and maybe they like it or don't, but a very small proportion of them really liked it. And then maybe next day you create blueberry and maybe another two or three people come. Now that's two or 3%. Remember, two people come in out of 100, that's a 2% click-through rate. Three people come, that's a 3% click-through rate. And they're just, they're not that interested and it's not the same people. So there's nothing there to suggest that they would like every type of candy that you produce. But if the next day you produce the blueberry bubblegum spearmint, and 15 people come, 20 people come, 15, 20% click-through rate because it's similar to the other videos that they saw and they watched it or ate multiple pieces. Now that's a signal for YouTube to say, hey, let's put it in distribution because there are some other people who have similar characteristics who probably will like these videos and they'll test it out and the more they test and the more they have success the more they share. Now you can create a store with a bunch of specialty candies that are relatively unique and people find in the catalog and that's kind of having a search channel meaning you're answering questions to specific things but people aren't necessarily without a good theme going to want or try the other candies or watch the other videos. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's some very successful channels just based on search, but the bigger audience is found through the bigger distribution system. And the more you prove yourself within that system and the bigger audience, the initial audience, the larger the number of people who have recently seen your videos, the larger those numbers, well, then the easier it is to get quick distribution 
from your newest candy, of course, or video. That's why if you have a big hit, it's important to double down. You don't want to necessarily take too long to double down because the effect, the audience will slowly fade away. They'll start looking for the excitement may not be there. So it's a good idea to double down on that opportunity when it hits. Create more videos behind the hit. How was it made? Some derivatives of that video, some related videos, things that people would want to watch more of. Maybe additional response to the first video, additional information, because there are people, there is an audience that wants more information. And when you double down, you may create a bigger hit. And in some cases, maybe it's only 50%, but it's still bigger than the normal views on your video. Whatever it may be, you're building the audience and building opportunity. As I've said many times, look at your channel as one big playlist. Now, it's also possible that somebody created that specialty candy before you. Maybe someone else created bubblegum mint blueberry candy before you did. But you hear that it's a hit. It looks like it's trending. And so you create a variation of that or your own interpretation of that candy. And you have an opportunity to ride that trend. However, if you're the 20th store to carry that candy, then it's not as big of a deal. The trend has worked its way through and now everybody has it. Remember fidget spinners? Everyone had them. You could find them everywhere. However, the first stores or the first companies that were creating them won the day or variations on that theme won the day. And now you can get them, you know, 20 for a dollar. It seems like they're, they're, they're really, or you just can't find them anymore because the trend is over. You need to be early in the game if you're going to follow trends. However, if all you do is follow trends and one day it's a certain chocolate chip candy and then the other day it's a lemon candy and the next day it's something totally completely different that you're riding on these trends and there's no theme once again to keep people watching additional videos. We have to look back at that distribution channel. When you create another video and you have no track record for the distribution team to know where to place that video, it very well may not do as well. And the close audience who have recently seen a few of your videos, if it's not related to the videos they've watched, the click-through rate is going to be low because they may very well may not be interested. There may be a few people, but not a large number. So in very general terms, it is simply this. Understand your target audience. Who is the audience? How, more importantly, do they identify themselves? Not how do you identify them based on what you're offering. And that's kind of what I did. I started my channel with the concept of wanting to, and many of you have heard this before, find the audience for my new book. It related to the combination code, which I teach, the combination code, which of course people are not searching for. However, I should have created a channel related to the problems that people who identify themselves as needing a solution, which is the combination code, but they didn't realize the name of it. But if I had those solutions and built off that, that, that may have been the right direction. However, 
that's not what I did. And I went down the road of many different topics. And not only that, I went to the point of 100 different topics over a month. Yeah, 100 videos in one month just to get the data. But every video was different. And one day was Facebook, another was SEO, and then scope creep and marketing strategies all over the place. And and I was saying, okay, people who are interested in marketing, and I'll have one marketing video after another. But that's the what? Kind of like the car analogy, there are different types of people looking for marketing and to be very specific. People who are marketers, I could have created videos if I identified, look, I, my audience are marketers and then I identify them as such, I could have created videos that marketers specifically would appreciate and address them in the voice and in the conversation that marketers would appreciate. Or if it's social media or whatever the topic, there's so many different reasons people are looking for specific social media or marketing videos in different areas within marketing, whether it's drop shipping or again, agencies or marketers or small business owners. And so that's why I have now identified my it's still a broader audience, but I did a little research and I've decided to focus on entrepreneurs because people identify themselves as entrepreneurs. And I may have to narrow down more such as creative entrepreneurs and and understand what it is I'm offering these entrepreneurs. What is that thing? And that I'm still exploring and playing with, but I am seeing positive results. But there's been something that certainly has been very humbling and something that I have to do because of the way I approach my channel. I have hundreds of videos, hundreds of videos. I'm tapping close to 900 videos on the one channel. However, so many people have lost interest in the channel because there's so many different topics. They've wandered away. The distribution network is not showing them my newest videos. So I have to look at my 1800 subscriber channel and sit back and think, okay, what's the reality? How many, how many people really are? How active is this channel? And so I'm now looking at it as about a 100 subscriber channel. And I base this off of one, how many people have bell notifications clicked. That's really your true core audience. And then I kind of cut that in half because some people are just lazy and don't undo the bell, even though they may not be as interested nor watch the videos. So you can look at this in YouTube studio and it'll tell you how many people have actually clicked the bell and how many have clicked the all notifications. That's a good indication of your core audience. Well, I cut that in half and it makes it a lot easier for me to make adjustments on my videos based on the data of what has recently been happening and based on a 100 subscriber channel versus feeling frustrated that these numbers are so low and are not working based on an 1800 subscriber channel. Sometimes you just have to humble yourself and look at what is, but when you do that, you can now start making good decisions. This is especially true for those who have had channels for two, three, four years, and you've created a lot of different types of videos, and now you're focusing in. You can focus in, and you can go right to the top quickly, or it may take time to grow, just like any channel. 
Sometimes it's absolute luck. It's just timing or the right topic at the right time. There are many reasons why some people shoot up. And as I've mentioned before, sometimes people have audiences that are interested in a specific topic and already follow them on other channels and they bring them over to a channel. So I've been taking the time to go through my other channels, Twitter and my blog and trying and, and even my other podcast and refocusing it based on the idea of entrepreneurs, creative entrepreneurs specifically, although my main YouTube channel is focused entrepreneurs as a whole right now. Maybe I'll narrow it down, but right now that's where I am. Now you may be asking yourself, what about entertainment channels? Well, imagine that candy shop owner and she is just full of life and people enjoy hanging around her even just come in for coffee don't always buy candy but just enjoy being with them they're she's funny and and she just has that personality well that's what you have to have if you're going to be an entertainment channel it's that thing that consistency is you the personality and that's much harder to do and there are many different pressures put upon you when you are the focus and the reason for the channel and the reason for that audience. It's a lot harder. It can be much more satisfying in some ways, but again, there's additional pressure in different types of pressure when it's all about who you are as a person that attracts that audience. So hopefully through my analogies, and I hope they've worked out and maybe something clicked it's not just about understanding that you need an audience. It's understanding that it needs to be specific audience and that they identify themselves in a specific way. So take that idea of your audience and ask yourself, how do they identify themselves? And from there, you start to create the videos based on that. So how do they identify themselves and how are you going to serve them? From there, it is much easier for your distribution network, YouTube, to understand the signals are much clearer because you have a very specific audience. And it's easier for your distribution network to keep sending those videos back to the people who seem to watch multiple videos and people who have similar characteristics. They can send videos and test videos out to similar audiences. It's a lot easier when the data is nice and clean and easy to understand. We would like to think that this artificial intelligence in YouTube is so brilliant, but it really is not. Imagine if you were tasked to do these same things, figure out who would like which videos, which would be easier to figure out. If you think of it that way, if you were tasked of trying to distribute videos, how would you approach it? What would you need to know? It makes understanding the AIs and how YouTube does it a lot easier when you sit back and think about it in that way because yes, the AIs can do things faster. It just doesn't mean that it's smarter. It can do it faster and maybe calculate some things faster. However, the approach to how they figure these things out is probably about the same, and you are probably even more sophisticated than the AI overall in terms of that type of strategy. It's just taking the data and figuring out where is the best place to 
share this video, to suggest this video, to rank this video in our catalog called search. And the easiest place to figure it out in the first place are the people who have recently watched your videos and seem to like your work. And if they are liking your next video, then there's a better chance that other people with similar tastes will also like that video too. So I hope those examples, those analogies worked out for you. Hopefully something clicked like it has for me and it's taken me time. It took me three years to get to this point of understanding. And am I suggesting there's no more that I need to understand? Of course there is. But we do know 100% where to start and how to look at the audience. From there, there's many more things we need to do. The thing is, most people start with the topic. But now we know the advantage is starting with the audience. I'll talk to you in the next show. The Tube Labs podcast is hosted at thetubelog.com. If you find the Tube Labs podcast valuable, don't forget to rate and review it.